Welcome to the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show with your host, Mark. That's me. Today is Friday, July 26th. Today's show, we got coaching changes. We're going to go over what new coaches we got in the league. I think there's like six or seven. So we'll go over those guys. Um, Real quick. I know training camps have started, everybody's reporting, or players are holding out and all that stuff. We'll get a lot, we'll get all that into the news in a little bit. But first, don't overreact. Please, 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 please do not overreact to all this media. They have absolutely nothing going on, and they are being forced by their bosses to put content out, and you clicking and reading and doing all that, it's not good for this, because you're just buying into this crap. Real quick, I want to talk about an overreaction that just happened this week. Texans placed wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins on the active PUP list. That was on Sunday. Oh, no. Hopkins, move him down your boards. Don't draft him number one. He's not good. He's going to miss camp. He's going to miss the season. He's going to be banged up. I don't know. Oh, no. That's an overreaction. Guess what? Today, the Texans activated wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins from the active PUP list today. He's a full go in practice now. So this is what I'm talking about. Please don't overreact to some of this crap, okay? That's what this podcast is here for. That's what I'm going to talk about. I'm gonna, I sift through all this fill-in-the-blank <laughs> malarkey, b- bullshit, BS, whatever you want to call it, okay? I sift through it all, and I will give you the content that is true, the stuff that you need to pay attention to, and not all this BS, all right? Uh, Real quick, please subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. It really helps this show out. Also, you can support the show by becoming a Patreon. Um, You can do that at patreon.com slash fantasy knockout there's some cool um perks to becoming a knockout member such as you get the draft cheat sheets that i have put together so when you do a draft i got the list of all the players and stuff i got the standard half ppr and full ppr there it's pretty cool you also get priority questions uh every week we'll do a question and answer on there and i will answer anybody's questions so you get the priority versus just submitting it on the show You know what, let's just jump right in. Let's get into the news. All right, news with views. Let's kick it off. We have a lot of news to go over because it's been a while since we've done it. Uh, So we'll just start right from the top. Wide receiver Tyree Kill of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, This was huge. This was big. The NFL announced it will not suspend Hill. He was accused of assaulting his son earlier in the offseason. The NFL conducted a four-month-long investigation on the matter and determined there was insufficient evidence that Hill violated the personal conduct policy. Hill is now free to report to camp and is seeking a long-term contract. Uh, I don't like these issues because when players do stupid stuff like he did or allegedly he did, um, you know, we all have personal feelings and our values um, come through. Uh, But here's the thing is I got to talk about his fantasy value. Um, Tyreek Hill, when he's on the football field, is amazing, is a stud, is one of the fastest players there is, is a 
top wide receiver in the NFL. Off the field, he could be a nice guy. He could also be a dirtbag. Who knows? That's not my decision. That's not my... um, I'm not here to make a stance on that. Um, If you guys have issues with him, don't draft him. Don't put him on your teams. I 100% understand that. Um, But if, you know... You don't mind if you can look past that and just look at the fantasy side of things and just want to play the fantasy aspect of things and want to take a chance on a player like that because he is good on the field. I understand that as well. So um, I'm just here to report and let you guys know he is going to play this season. He's not going to be suspended. He was uh, allegedly, you know, possibly a year, 10 games, eight games, four games, something like that. But he is no longer uh, suspended. I know they're going to keep the. Uh, the uh, the case kind of open, so if any new evidence pops up, they'll look into it again. All right, we're just going to move on. Running back Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos. He had the wrist injury last season. He's practiced without limitations on the first day of camp, so that's good news for him. Running back Todd Gurley of the Los Angeles Rams. Rams coach Sean McVay said Gurley's knee is ready to go, so I imagine we'll see him in practice soon. Next, we got running back Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, There's two bits here. First, the NFL will not suspend him for his May altercation in Las Vegas with the security guard. So that's huge. He avoids that um, because he's already been popped by Goodell for uh, previous things of the personal conduct policy. Uh, The next bit in the news for Elliott, uh, he is considering a holdout of training camp for a new contract. He must report by August 6th in order to receive an occurred season towards free agency. My opinion is he will show up. He's just letting him know that he wants a new contract. He's, you know, just doing it the way he thinks is the best to get their attention and show how serious he is about receiving a new contract. I think they'll pay him. I think he'll stay a cowboy. Um, you know, cause Elliot's still under or Yeah. Elliot's still under contract. So, I have a feeling next week he'll be there by August 6th. Uh, next, we got running back Melvin Gordon of the Los Angeles Chargers. This one's a lot more serious, guys. He informed the Chargers he will not report to training camp and demand a trade unless he receives a new contract. Uh, I think the, the most recent thing on that was the Chargers offered him. They sent him an offer sheet. He looked at it, didn't like it. They're... They're too far from, you know, the the stages of agreeing on anything. This could possibly um, take some time. And my opinion is he's going to probably going to he's going to miss all of camp, I imagine. And he's probably going to miss the first week or two of the regular season. And I think he's serious. Like it's it sucks because if you watched the uh, the press release of him doing this, you could kind of see he was. It, it looked like he was conflicted, and then the next day he came out, and he basically contradicted everything he said. Was he wants to be a charter? He wants to play for them. He wants to be there long term. That he doesn't like doing what he's doing, but he has to because it's the only way that I guess he feels, or in my opinion, the agent feels that's the best way to get the Chargers to sign him uh, a contract with him. Problem is they're doing it with the wrong team. The Chargers aren't a team that pays players usually. Uh, they don't give in to demands, so this is going to be an interesting battle for Gordon. Um, so it's definitely, 
right now I still think I have him like fifth or sixth on my RB rankings. The longer we go into the preseason, um, we'll start moving him down, whatnot. But as of right now, I'm going to keep him up there because he is a top running back one on the field. And if he was, misses one game or two games, okay. But, you know, if it's going to be the Le'Veon Bell thing where he misses the whole season, you know, we'll I'll make a, adjustments accordingly as, we, as more information comes out. Next, running back Darius Geis of the Washington Redskins. He downplayed his recent hamstring injury coming off of last year's ACL tear and is already having hamstring issues. Um, I don't like players like this that had a season-ending injury, injury, and then you see a setback, and especially like a soft tissue issue such as a hamstring. Um, not good to start the before training camp or before preseason. Um, so hopefully there's no more stuff, no more hamstring issues, no more leg-related issues with guys going forward. If there is, he's just going to keep moving down and down and down my board. Uh, tight end Chris Herndon of the New York Jets. He received a four-game suspension for violating the league's substance abuse policy. So in my opinion, he's not draftable, but uh, he's a... He's a watch because when he last year he actually did pretty well with Sam Darnold, um, so he might be a midseason pickup. Uh, next running back Sony Michelle of the New England Patriots will open camp up on the PUP list. Um, again, he's had some issues with his knees and and hamstrings and stuff like that, and staying healthy. Then we got wide receiver Demarius Thomas, also of the New England Patriots. He will open up on the camp's PUP list. I expected that he uh, he suffered a, a Pretty brutal injury last year. And then last little bit of news that happened uh, yesterday was wide receiver Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants. He suffered a broken thumb in Thursday's practice. He's considered week to week. So that, you know, probably move him down my board a little bit. And I'll move uh, Golden Tate up. And I really like Evan Ingram this year. So so that's it for the news. Uh, please follow the show on Twitter and on Facebook at Fantasy Knockout. And also on Instagram, you got at fantasy underscore knockout. Let's jump right into it. Main event coaching changes. All right, we're going to just go alphabetically by team. To start it off, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Their new coach is Cliff Kingsbury. He replaced Mike McCoy, the old curmudgeon Mike McCoy. Ugh. Uh, Kingsbury, he comes from college, he's from the NCAA. He was fired from his alma mater. Then he took an offensive coaching job at USC. He then quit and took a head coaching job at Arizona. So that's how he ended up there in Arizona. He coached Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech. He ran that, quote, air raid offense that other coaches use, like Mike Leach. Um, This style is heavily used in college, but it has not transferred well to the NFL or to the pros. Some quarterbacks that have used this style – that are, you know, bigger names are Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Pat Mahomes. Those are quarterbacks that have used a system like that. Um, it's very, very simple, but it relies on quick passing and a lot of passing. Um, so fantasy-wise, this is good news for David Johnson. Uh, he looked good last year, but he was, you know, but he wasn't. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't. And what I mean by that is Mike McCoy didn't know how to use him. He was constantly running up the middle and not being used the way he needed to be. But I have a feeling under Kingsbury, the running back in his passing game is heavily used. And I, 
believe he had the six most targets, the six most receptions, the fifth most receiving yards, and the six most first downs in college since 2014. So if that's the case, I think that David Johnson could return back to that normal status when he was there with Bruce Arians. Don't know if he'll get as many touchdowns, but he'll definitely have the yards. I know it's his goal of his to uh, rush for a thousand and and have a uh, was it a thousand receiving yards. So David Johnson, I think I got him as my fifth running back right now, just ahead of uh, Melvin Gordon. He also recruited Kyler Murray out of high school, and I think he'll use him to the fullest. And also, last little bit, he led all of college football in top three of snaps, and he threw the ball 65% of the time. So Kingsbury is an offensive-minded coach that is going to try to push a lot of plays, a, a quick tempo. I think it'll be good for fantasy. I don't know how good it'll be for the NFL and them winning games, but I think there'll be a lot of production on, on the field as far as fantasy stuff. Next, we got uh, Cincinnati's new head coach, Zach Taylor. He replaces Marvin Lewis. Uh, he's got a long coaching history. Um, he was a quarterback. He was a QB coach in Miami. And for the Rams, he comes from the quote-unquote McVay coaching tree. Uh, Taylor said he would use the foundation of McVay's playbook in Cincinnati. So if that's the case, it's going to be comparable to what the Rams ran. Um so that being said, Mixon, in my opinion, will be the biggest winner of this offense. Uh, he will be used more in the passing game, should be a top 10 back. And then you got A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. I believe they'll be used like uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. So it should be a an improvement from what Marvin Lewis did there. Um, only problem is Cincinnati doesn't have the defense and the offensive line that the Rams do. So... It won't be as quite a turnaround like the Rams had, but they should have. It should be fun, and there should be fantasy relevant uh, stuff there. I think. I think he can get Dalton to be good enough to help keep that offense uh, relevant. So, next we got the Cleveland Browns. We got Freddie Kitchens taking over. He's replacing Hugh Jackson. Uh, he ended up. Hugh Jackson actually got fired mid-season, and Kitchens was the interim coach. Did really well, coached uh, Baker for about eight games there. He, you know, I think he took over week eight last year, um, and he did well. He did well. So Baker's passing attempts went down when Kitchens took over, but his passing yards went up. His touchdowns went up. Actually, they, I believe they went up a full point uh, per game. So he was more efficient, but he didn't do as much um kitchens i think is gonna be great for the running backs great for baker actually we should see a leap forward for baker there um the big addition that they got help there was they added odell beckham to the roster he's really gonna help out baker there ted monken was the oc in tampa bay he's now the oc under kitchens i believe kitchens is going to be the uh, play caller there not monken but um you know, Monk in the last two years in Tampa Bay was the third most and fourth most in passing attempts. He likes to throw the ball a lot. So we'll kind of see what uh, what they work out there as far as a playbook and stuff. Um, also, I'm not worried about Nick Chubb. Um, I think a lot of people, because the reason I'm not worried about him, uh, they also signed Kareem Hunt. Uh, the Chiefs last year cut him because of his off-field issues and him lying to the team. Um Anyways, Cleveland signed him to a one-year deal. He suspended the first eight games. 
So it would be week 10 before Hunt would even see the field. And uh, a lot of people right now, a lot of other analysts are saying that once once that comes week 10, that Chubb's going to be the backup and Hunt's going to be the main guy there. Um, I personally don't see that being the case. I'm not worried about Chubb. Kitchens used the running backs to help set up the passing games. He likes to run run the ball. He likes to have a good defense. They have a lot of talent on that defense there in Cleveland. And he likes to play a pretty balanced game. It's not this high fly run and passing uh, attack, you know, there in Cleveland. It's going to be more methodical, good defense, and and just do enough to win the game. Um, but they have a lot of talent, so there's there's high upside there. And then last, we got four of eight games at Kitchen Coach last year. He netted 59 total plays. So, like I was just saying, it's not going to be this high flying offense. 59 plays is not a lot. You want to see. The you want to be in that 68 to 70 plus plays a game. That's what I feel like uh, Kingsbury is going to do there in Arizona. He's going to be 65 plus. You know, Kitchen's going to be more in that 50 to 55 range. So we'll see if they if they come out higher than that, then fantastic. That's you know only better for fantasy. But um, I'm just saying, just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, there's a lot of talent there, and and Cleveland will do well a lot better than they have in the in the past all right next we got denver uh vic fangio he's going to replace vance joseph uh fangio was the defensive coordinator in san francisco in 2011 through 2013 with a great defense then he also was the coach last year the defense coach last year for chicago who was a dominant defense uh was the number three against total yards so fangio is definitely defensive minded coach but he brings in a offensive coach, Rick Scandrello. I don't know how to pronounce it. He comes from the Shanahan system, which is obviously good for running backs. So Lindsey and Freeman in Denver should be solid this year. Um, basically, Shanahan system, it takes schmucks and turns them into 1,000-yard running backs. So uh, I'm excited to see, especially... Lindsay's value I think he's dropped quite a bit because of this injury to his wrist and stuff so I think he's a value now if he's going in the second third round don't overpay don't pay that price I think that's overpaying um but if he's in that fourth or fifth round that's a that's a steal in my opinion uh real quick we got Philip Lindsay should be should be the number one back there Elway absolutely loves this kid uh possibly more of a split slash shared backfield with Freeman um but my main concern about this team is the quarterback it's got Joe Flacco. Um, Flacco does not excite me as a fantasy uh, analyst. Uh, he might win them games. He might do enough to win games like he did in Baltimore. But, uh, you know, he's not going to open this offense up. You know, you don't. Ha- I just don't have a lot of faith in Flacco. And so, yeah, enough said. Next, next we got the Green Bay Packers. They're bringing in Matt LaFleur. He's replacing Mike McCarthy. Uh, Lafleur was the oof, uh, oof. <laughs> Lafleur was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee, and previous of the Los Angeles Rams. A um, lot of excuses made for his lack of production. You know, the biggest one is Mariota's hurt, banged up last year, so that's why they didn't do so well. Um, the offensive coordinator is Nathaniel Hackett. He came from Jacksonville when Bortles had his good year. Uh, these, these guys just don't excite me. 
Um, I just don't get it. You know, LaFleur didn't call the plays when he was with the Rams. You know, when he was with Tennessee, he ran the ball a lot, had a solid defense. Wasn't this crazy passing game. Um, you know, he used he used his players to the max. So we'll, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what Green Bay, what he does in Green Bay. Um, there's just been a lot of changes, but I'm confident that Rodgers will still be a stud quarterback. You know, Rodgers is going to be Rodgers. Um, the, I think the rushing game will be solid. Hackett and LaFleur both like to establish the run, and they prefer a committee over a bell cow. So that's going to be frustrating for us fantasy owners. Um, I like Aaron Jones a lot this year. Um, he flashed. He did. He was actually a really solid play last year, and I hope that they give him the uh, the starting gig and the number one you know running back role there in Green Bay, and they lean heavily on him like they realize what the like what they did with Derrick Henry last year. Um, you know, towards the end of the season, where he just said, "Oh, this is this guy's good. Let's you know play him." So. All right, we got a couple more guys. Uh, we're going to go down to Miami with Brian Flores. He's going to replace Adam Gase. Flores was the linebackers coach in New England in 2018. Uh, has a lot of old Patriot coaches there in Miami. It's, uh, what, New New England, I guess? The New New England Patriots? I don't know. His offense coordinator is Chad O'Shea. He was the Patriots wide receiver coach. And uh, interesting tad bit here is Edelman. Julian Edelman gives him the credit of turning him from a quarterback to a receiver and made him and how he made him into the receiver he is today. Um, so that's huge that Edelman's saying O'Shea helped him develop into that stud receiver he has. He is he he is. Um the the cool thing I think Flores is gonna do is that's different from what Gase did there. Gase is this old curmudgeon that says, This is my system, this is my way. You players need to play my way. That doesn't work anymore. That hasn't worked in the NFL for years now. The way Brian Flores is, is like Belichick, is he fits his system to what his players can do. Complete opposite of Gase last year. So he's going to maximize what his players can do, going to put them in the best situation forward. So that's to me, that's exciting. So they have some talent there in Miami. I don't have high expectations this year. I think they... They still have a lot of holes. They're still rebuilding. and But, I mean, they got the tight end in uh, Gusecki. They got Parker and Stills. We'll see what they got there. Uh, they got Fitzpatrick and Rosen. If Rosen turns out to be the quarterback of the future there, fantastic. I think they they got a, a amazing deal on a trade for him. If not, they got Fitzpatrick who's going to sling the ball for them this year, and they'll draft their quarterback in Tua next year. But... Uh, you know, and they're running backs. You got Drake and Balaj. They're both very, very, very talented. So we'll see what uh, what he schemes up there in Miami, and you know, possibly some fantasy relevant players that uh, will go undrafted or under the radar. So we'll keep an eye on them. And uh, next, we were just talking about him. We go up to New York Jets. Adam Gase got another head coaching job. He's going to replace Todd Bowles. So Gase left Miami to go to New York. And the reason he said he left them is because he wanted to beat the Patriots. Wait a second. Isn't Miami in the same division? I don't understand this, man. He um, he confuses me. Um, basically, I think they're thinking that Gase is going to mold Sam Darnold into the next Peyton Manning. Is that why he's the coach there? Um, he has not had a top 20 offense since coaching Manning. 
He was, what, 23rd, 17th, 18th, 26th there in Miami. Um, I'm just not sold on Gase. He holds grudges on players. You know, the biggest example of that was Kenyon Drake last year where he was just a jerk. He, you know, you could clearly saw that Drake had the talent was, or was talented enough to be the stud running back there. Yet he still constantly just put in Frank Gore and didn't just unleash Drake. Like he should have, in my opinion. Um, I guess the one thing he's got for him is he wins more games than, than most people expected him to, I guess with the roster he had, he won quite a bit of games there in Miami. Um, so he's an okay football coach, but for the fantasy side of things, He's not that good. Doesn't really help us out. So nothing to get excited there about in New York. You know, they got Le'Veon Bell. Who knows? He might hold a grudge on him. It was He wasn't his number one choice for running back. But uh, he might be forced just to use him because of how things went and them signing him and them paying that much money. But uh, we'll see what they do. I'm excited. You know, I like Darnold. I like some of the receivers there. But uh, we'll just kind of have to watch and see how the season goes. But uh, I think, you know, I don't know if New York's going to be able to put together the team that needs to upset the uh, the Patriots. So, sorry, Jets fans. Uh, last, we got Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians is back. He's unretired. He's going to replace Dirk Cutter. So, Bruce goes from a team with Goes to a team, sorry. Goes to a team with a ton of talent. Much better coach than Cutter. Uh, he's a player's coach. He gets the most out of them, kind of like this whole Belichick and uh, Flores, where he realizes his player's talents, and he's just going to push them to a, another level. I mean, he made Carson Palmer a relevant quarterback in Arizona. He turned David Johnson into David Johnson you know, the stud running back that we all know. Um, He brought Larry Fitzgerald back to life. So I'm excited to see what he can do with Jameis Winston there in Tampa Bay. Um, He has got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and the receiver, or not receivers, he's got the tight ends, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. We'll see how how he uses all them. Uh, I I love O.J. Howard's talent, and I think, Arians will use him, will maximize his his ability. Um, you know, a lot of experts are saying, oh, Arians has never used a tight end before. You know, but my argument is that he's never had a tight end with Howard's talent. So he's never had to use somebody like that. So I think Howard will be fine. Um, he's had a top five, uh, sorry, top 15 passing offense since 2009. Arians is just, he just loves to, push it and push the ball deep and take chances. You know, whomever gets a starting job at the running back position will be a great round, great later round value in drafts, Uh, whether it be Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber, who knows? Um, Or if they trade for Duke Johnson, um, you'll want to try to snag that running back somehow because he turns those running backs into fantasy players. All right. You know what? That's going to wrap it up. We're going to end up the show. That was the coaching changes uh, for 2019. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, the next show we got is the top 12 running backs. I'm going to break down my top 12 list, explain who I got where and why. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Please visit the site, fantasyknockout.com, and also follow the show on Twitter and Facebook, at Fantasy Knockout, and on Instagram, at Fantasy underscore Knockout. Real quick, 
Just a reminder, we got that giveaway going on. We're giving away a, Mike, a signed Michael Thomas jersey. Go to the site, fantasyknockout.com. Enter there real quick. It's just your name and email, and that puts you in for the contest to win it. Good luck. All right, till next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.